Hello, my name is Hadi, and this is Humans of Us. Humans of Us is a monthly podcast brought to you by full-time MBA students at UC Berkeley. Every month, we'll pick a theme and bring you two stories, two personal stories and one conversation. For many of us, the most difficult decision we had to make recently was whether or not to go to business school. For Derek and Motsu, it was hard to carry on his family legacy. And for Brian Connolly, it was making the decision to stick through one of the most challenging leadership programs in the military, Ranger School. And here we go. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Derek Kinmotsu, and I'm a first-year student here at Haas. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a fourth-generation Japanese-American, and my family came over from Japan about um, just under 100 years ago. And in their experience, they had been here for probably about 15 years before World War II uh, broke. And... Um, at that point, they got a notification that they were going to be uh, sent to relocation camps and internment camps. My mom's side went to Northern California, and my dad's side went from San Francisco, pushed out to Colorado. This, for me, is a very interesting part of my family history because I decided to choose a life of service to um, United States military, and many people ask me, well, why did you decide to do this when your family had to face such a rough history. When I respond, I, I kind of look back on how my grandparents responded. Of course, they weren't happy about the situation, but you know they saw it as a way to show their service and loyalty. And the main reason why I decided to serve was because in my senior year, 9-11 took place, and I wanted to step forward and uh, be a part of my country's effort to protect um, so that brought me forward to apply to West Point because I wanted to be in a leadership position. I knew that it was not going to be a very um, smooth and um, uh, comfortable path knowing that we had just started a war and not knowing when it's going to end. So it was, it was a little bit nerve-wracking, uh, to be honest, quite nerve-wracking. But at the same time, um, I got a lot of support from my parents um, and my relatives. Um, um, so I think my decision was based upon a little bit of my uh, family heritage and also my kind of desire to give back to the country that has given me so much. Looking back on my military experience and when people ask me, what will you always remember and what are some of the things that you'll miss? It for me, it boils down to two aspects. One, it's the personal relationships that I made and also some of the extraordinary activities and um, opportunities I've had. So for the first, I look back to October 2014 when my team, my Special Forces team, was tasked to train the Philippine Scout Rangers after a major hostage crisis in Zamboanga, which is southern Philippines. Um, they had just come back. In fact, the commander still had a bullet in his leg. Um, and my team, we got together. We kind of focused on what their needs were and provided them with, in my opinion, was a great product of ways that they could enter clear rooms and not 
hurt themselves because that was a major issue is fratricide. Um, so by the end of the exercise, by the end of the training event, um, we were extremely close with our partner force and just the gratitude that we received from them is something that I'll never forget, some of the relationships that we built there. I still keep in touch with some of those soldiers in that unit. And also just the relationship that I built with my team is something that I'll always miss um, and something that I'll always hold on to and I think it'll always be a part of me. And the second is the aspect of some of the amazing opportunities that as a Special Forces soldier you get to experience such as jumping out of an airplane in the middle of the night over the Australian wilderness. Uh, something that you know we get paid to do or things that you know little kids play in the backyard and kind of imagine. So some of those experiences also another one for me was when um, I wasn't very happy about this but I was uh, kind of tasked to be a in a combat diving training where I quickly learned that I'm not the best at staying afloat and um, I go straight to the bottom. So um, that experience, I think it was a great growth experience for me. Um, I'm much more comfortable in the water because of that, uh, despite it being a little bit traumatizing. <laughs> but um, overall, just some of those experiences and stories that come out of that are something that I'll always look back to. My name is Brian Conley, and I previously served in 2nd Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, and I'd like to tell you about my experience at Ranger School. Ranger School is the Army's leadership program that's eight weeks long and is designed to test leaders while they're in high-stress situations. It, it begins with a three-day assessment phase, which is where most of the attrition happens. So in my school, we started with 460 people, and after three days, we had 180. Then after that, there's three different phases in three different environments. So phase one is in uh, the forests of Georgia, phase two is in the mountains of Georgia, and phase three is in the swamps of Florida. And so throughout these three phases, you progress along and you're put in different leadership situations and tested all while um, eating two meals a day and sleeping on average, I would say two to four hours a night. You're tired, you're hungry, it's raining on you, you're cold, you're wet. People, they wanna quit just because the situation is so bad. A lot of times, there's a lot of time to pass. However, you can't, you can't sleep and you can't, you can't just, I was gonna say bullshit, but you can't, you can't sleep and you can't just hang out with the people that you're around right there. And so what a lot of people do to keep their, their mind occupied is, you know, keep a, keep a list of things they wanna do, people they wanna see, uh, events they want to go to, or the best list is things that you want to eat when you get out of ranger school. And I, I still have mine to this day, and I like looking back at it and reading it because it's funny to see um, just how how food deprived I was. Some of the things on my list of food were two donuts, 
chips and salsa with queso, uh, cheesecake, Taco Bell, a Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich, uh, anything from Chick-fil-A, a bowl of cereal, steak dinner, chocolate chip cookies, freshly baked and soft, sushi, all you can eat, uh, Dairy Queen Blizzard. And so each of these phases, um, either you pass and you go on to the next phase or you, you fail and you have to redo that phase. One of the, the hardest times for me while I was there was when I recycled. It was November 17th, and I was in the mountain phase, and I I got to the very end of it, and the the cadre pulled me in, and he, he it was basically a one-minute conversation, and he said, you know, you, you failed, and you're going to redo it, and you're going into the next class, um, and then he basically presented the situation to me with no alternative options. I mean, technically, I, I could have quit, but in hindsight, I really I really appreciate the way he presented that to me and because it, it really helped me just accept it right then and there because I really wanted to quit after that. But I the way he presented it, you know, I just I had to keep going. And the hardest thing was really leaving all the people that I had developed relationships with up to that point. We had spent the better part of two months together, and really what you care about most there is the people that you're around because you develop these relationships and you're going through these hardships together. And so the solidarity that you have with them is, you know, it's it's tangible. At the time, I I really did want to quit, and, and I remember even that night, like, I got one phone call for five minutes, and I called my mom, and I like told her that I I recycled, and like I just started like crying to her because I just so miserable, and I wanted to be out of that situation more than anything, and it was so terrible. But um, there wasn't really anything I could do because I wasn't gonna quit, and. I just knew I had to keep going. Um, eventually, you know, I graduated, and it was one of the the best feelings was graduating and then going to eat a giant meal afterwards. So I'll, I'll always remember those times back in Ranger School, and I think it's really changed me for the better. Now it's the final act. We were curious to see what would happen if we had both Brian and Derek together in the same room and just having a conversation? And here it is for you to enjoy. All right, Brian. So you just talked about everything you wanted to eat in Ranger School and just brought back a memory for me. So it was Florida phase, which is the third phase. Everyone has been starving. Everyone's like about to eat their own arm off. And there was a guy who was a football, intercollegiate football player. And he was hungry. And I... Being a, not as large as the other people, being a smaller guy, I, I had I was able to save some food. You know, everyone's you know eating all their food. Wow. So I had I had a blueberry um, what was scone. It? No, 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 a cobbler, blueberry oh. cobbler, <laughs> and a spaghetti meat pack. And I sold it. My greatest entrepreneurial feat in the military was I sold these tiny little preserved crappy meals for a hundred dollars. I just, <laughs> I was eating, I wanted, it was more so so I could tell this story today. I felt like a dirtbag doing it, but I was like, he was willing to pay for it. It was like, it was my friend too. I don't know, maybe he resents me now, but um, 
So do you have any moments, like any any moments where it was like the movies? Because everyone always says, is it like the movies? You're like, no, of course it's not like the movies. But did you ever, ever have like a movie moment where you're like, well, it actually kind of feels like the movies? Like in my entire time entire in Marvel? time. We can be West Point. It could be. Um, I think a lot of like my deploy- my past two deployment experiences were yeah. similar to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think a lot of movies like embellish yeah. most of the situations. Right, yeah. um, but I mean, I, I feel like I had a lot of very unique experiences uh-huh. and like deploying and getting to do like what I did um, when I was downrange in Afghanistan was, yeah. it was really a really unique and like great experience that, yeah. I mean, I was working with a lot of the intelligence agencies yeah. um, and it's a lot of coordination between uh, people and information and just really trying to, to solve the problems there and make sense of what the environment is and of the enemy. And so I think like like looking back on that, it's it's kind of surreal and it's it's really cool and I, I get to spend some time with some really like phenomenal people. Yeah. For me, my movie moment was probably at Special Forces Selection. Mm-hmm. So you know, just so that everyone could understand it, it's now it's 19 days. Um, they break it down three weeks. So first week is like they're just trying to see if you could pass the run test. The, the uh, ruck test, basically carrying a pack on your back, about uh, 45, uh, 60 pounds on your back. And um, they do these things called uh, log and rifle PT. So I know you know yeah. log PT, but uh, physical training, I just want to uh, explain it. So they <laughs> put you in this rubber pit, and they got these big tree trunks there. And then they, um, they break you down into groups all by height because it just wouldn't make sense if I stood next to a six foot, six foot four guy and I couldn't even reach the log when you lifted over his head. So I was in the midget group, of course. And um, they'd be yelling at us, making us pick it up over our heads. And then the big thing that made it really suck is they made us roll left and right, which I'm generally okay with the motion, but there's a lot of guys that get sick. So we're rolling and rolling and rolling. Guys are rolling over each other because they're telling us, roll over the week. It's an individual thing. You know, you're not teammates. You're, this is a job interview. They're yelling at us. And um, guys are getting sick and they're starting to puke in the pit. <laughs> and then they told us in the, in the beginning, never puke in the pit or else you have to, you know, pick it up. So guys would puke in the pit. They had to pick up these rubber pieces and put it in their pocket. And they call oh, it weakness. They, they call you the per- the guy's vomit weakness. He said, pick up your weakness and put it in your pocket. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, where are we right now? <laughs> you know? And then we're doing this, and then it's just miserable, and they make it a competition. And I was really fortunate that the midget team were kind of like, we were probably about as wide as we were tall, so we were able to lift the logs overhead pretty well. And they did a competition where if you don't hold, like whoever holds it up the longest gets to leave the pit and be done with it. So we were the first ones out. But that was that moment where I was just like, man, this is just like, you know, in the movies where they show guys trying out and guys are leaving. Guys are just, you know, just quitting left and right. So that was that moment for me. Wow. That makes me think of like, so for when I tried out for Ranger Regiment, um, it's also a three-week selection process. And it was honestly the most professional and well-ran like selection process I'd ever seen. So the instructors there are obviously 
they're the top-notch people in Ranger Regiment, like the enlisted guys. So they had been, I mean, one of the guys that was teaching my class, he was the first one to jump um, into into Afghanistan back in 2001. Oh. And so, like, you're led by these phenomenal people, and they, it's like they don't have any emotions. They, yeah. like, literally, so every day, they never told you what um, the task was going to be, so you never knew how to prepare. You would show up, and they would give you task, condition, and standards for every event, and then they would say, go and execute it. And I remember, so one of the events is, it's called the the RPAT, and what you do is you have your body armor on, and you run two miles. You come, when you finish the two miles, you um, pull a sled of 180 pounds to simulate, like, um, pulling someone who's wounded. You have to climb uh, a caving ladder, which is a ladder that, like, um, I guess firefighters would use. It's, like, very thin. Um, You have to climb a rope. You have to jump an eight-foot wall, and then you have to sprint 300 meters. After you do those five events, you have to run another mile um, to finish the overall event. And everything there is they quantify everything, and so you want to get the best time possible. And I remember coming across the finish line, and I was – I was completely dead, like, and I ran across the finish line, and I was just, like, heaving and couldn't breathe, and I was, like, just showing a lot of my emotions, and one of the instructors turned to me, he's, like, didn't say good job, like, I got one of the best times in the class, he didn't, like, appraise me, he just said, he goes, you need to take control of yourself and stop showing your emotions. Wow. And I was, like, I was, it just, like, blew me away, because I just wanted to, like, it's like when you get done running a race as fast as you possibly can, you want to just like collapse and die. And he's like, you know, get control of yourself and get ready for the next task. Like right now. And it was, it was just unreal how professional they maintained themselves throughout the entire three weeks. And while you were at West Point, did you ever get into any trouble on, I guess, or off record? <laughs> yeah, so on on record, I was pretty good. I was almost the whole Robert E. Lee, no demerits, no um, hours or anything. Wow. You know, I had one situation where I, it was, I was basically framed. You know, I was... I was brushing my teeth after the late, you know, the lights out policy was yeah. put in effect. Eleven thirty. And some, uh, <laughs> one, the person on duty had a vendetta against our company because she got pummeled in team handball earlier in the day. So she went down and opened all the doors, and we got in trouble. I got five hours. Um, what hours are are there? Basically, a punishment at West Point where you have to t- spend your weekend dressed up in your full uniform, do an inspection on your rifle, and walk around in a box. For as many hours as you get punished so like the big hit heavy hit hours are if you get caught with alcohol when you're not supposed to have it that's 100 hours um or, um, <laughs> i got 100 hours you got 100 <laughs> hours so uh, tell me about that story um so i was uh, a freshman there which is called a plebe and we were able to escape um the confounds of West Point and go to the soccer locker room. So, which was actually a pretty nice facility. And so we would go down to the locker room and uh, the upperclassmen would buy us alcohol and we would drink in the locker room. And so one time we got caught and there was eight of us. <laughs> How did you, you get caught down there though? Um, so it was... 
so someone found out about it and then the you know the policy a, a cadet won't lie cheat steal or yeah, tolerate right. those who do so like the toleration aspect um was they felt compelled to turn us in so we got turned in and there was eight of us who all got a hundred hours and it took me it took us the entire um spring semester to to finish them so we were able to do two on friday and five hours on saturday and then so it's like seven hours a weekend and it took us yeah the entire semester so you went from west point I uh, see that you went to the MI course, but then did you go to unit before you went to Ranger? Yeah, yeah. Where so were you? I was at Fort Stewart in okay. Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. So I was there for about a year. That's when I was afforded the opportunity to go yeah. to Ranger school. Uh-huh. I came back, and then within a month, I deployed to Afghanistan. I came back from Afghanistan. I had uh, four months off. I went to the selection for Ranger Regiment, and then we immediately deployed yeah. after that. Uh-huh came back and then six months later we deployed again so it was it was a very fast uh uh, five years in the military oh yeah over that whole time did you just feel like you never really had like stability like you never really had like yeah i got got my group of friends i go to the bar with every weekend (laughs) exactly i honestly i felt like like a nomad like i put my stuff in storage four different times i moved like seven different times i i just felt like i never had like a real home and it's like it's really nice being here at haas now just like ah i have like a home i can actually Mm -hmm. make my place like look how i want and i know i'm not going to be leaving for at least two years and it's it's really nice for us two years pretty long i went seven years seven moves and then um yeah then i was in okinawa where i was at my home station 30% of the time. So it's just always, I mean, you make, don't get me wrong, right? You probably make amazing friends, phenomenal oh, friends, absolutely. so great bonds. But it's just, you're always, you're so used to saying, all right, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. Thank you for spending this time with us. These are some of the humans of Hass. In the next episode, we'll be looking at the politics of hair. A bientôt.